Welcome to the Breadwinner Energy Podcast. I'm your host, Tay Daniels. I'm a multi-business owning wife and mom that lives in the Midwest. I teach women how to be unapologetic in their journey to success, how to stop making decisions out of fear and step into their CEO shoes, to want more for their life and to build a business that they not only love, but they're extremely proud of. On this podcast, I will be giving you my no BS advice and perspective on business, life, and motherhood. So grab your drink, put on those headphones, or cover your child's ears, and let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Breadwinner Energy Podcast. We are back with another Female Founder Friday, and I don't play favorites over here, but this one might be my favorite coming. We have Erin Wiseman. She is a physician, life coach, podcaster, and mother of three. Because of her personal experience with professional burnout early in her career, Dr. Wiseman speaks openly with straight, raw honesty about her story in order to help others particularly physicians, high-achieving professionals, and working parents. Know that you are not alone and you are not broken. All of us moms need to hear that 1,000% every day. (laughs) While living and practicing in rural southern southwestern Indiana, Dr. Wiseman loves her roles as a farmer's wife, athlete, and mother of dragons. Besides being sassy, she enjoys getting mud on her shoes, teaching her children how to catch tadpoles, and reading a great fantasy fiction novel. I think we've become best friends. Welcome, Erin. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I am so excited that you're here, Um, and I love all of your titles, right? So you're a doctor, you're a coach, a podcaster, and a mother, most importantly, but then also a burnout expert. Like, you really do it all. I do a lot of things. Yeah. But I don't do it by myself. That's the change in life. <laughs> Everyone seems to ask, like, how do you do it all? And I, that's, that's always my answer is I have an amazing team. But for you, I feel like, I mean, you're really doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You're from the Midwest. So am I. I want to hear all about your story and how it kind of got you here today. Well, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version because if I did the whole thing, we'd be on here way, way too long. And just so your audience knows, I'm a hashtag potty mouth mom. So if yes. you got little ears in the car and you don't want them to hear um, sassy words, go ahead and, and put your earbuds in. But 2014 was the worst fucking year of my life. It was supposed to be that mountaintop moment. I was finishing residency. I'm family medicine boarded physician. Um, we had bought a house. Like all the things were supposed to fall in place. And instead of me being on my mountain, I found myself in the fucking gully of burnout. I was looking around and I was like, okay, I spent most of my 20s, almost all of my 20s, studying in the hospital, being on call. I got married. I had two kids during residency and training. I mean, by all aspects, I was killing it. But on the inside, I was so empty and so alone. And I didn't know what was going on, to be perfectly honest. Like my ha- my family, they were so excited for me. My friends were like, yes, finally, you are out. You're doing everything that you said you were going to do, Aaron." And it almost made it worse for me because when I felt so broken, when I felt so tired, when I felt so empty, I was like, who do I turn to? Because now... I'm the doctor. I'm supposed to be leading the charge. I'm, you know, the PTO mom. I'm the community leader. And I felt really, really stuck. 
So I trained in a larger city in Indiana and then went back to a small rural area where my husband farms. And it's really what I wanted to do. I really wanted to take care of um, what I consider, you know, the like best and brightest in the world. And those are our blue collar workers here in the Midwest. And so going to a place where I was the first female physician, um, being extremely young and out of school with small kids, I, I didn't have community around me. I didn't have the friends that I had went to residency with. Everybody else was getting busy and starting their own practices or my college friends, they were already a couple years ahead of me because, you know, they didn't do all the crazy grad school and medical school stuff. And so again, like I was like, what do I do? Well, my patients not to do, and I got on the internet <laughs> and I found hundreds, if not thousands of other people talking about the same thing. Like, I spent all this money, all this time, blood, sweat, and tears into medicine, into my career, but I think I want to leave. What do I do? And for me, um, you know, moving wasn't an option. Like I mentioned, my my husband farms with his family here, so it's not like you can pick up farm ground and move somewhere else. So I wasn't going to move to a different city. I really wasn't interested in anything else. And so I literally started putting applications into like the local automotive manufacturing. Um, I put an application to like a marketing department. I was like, hell, I will go sell chicks at Rule King if that's what I need to do so that I don't feel like this. And I didn't even have the words for what this was. I just knew I did not want this. And lo and behold, um, like I said, I was on the internet. I found a um, a woman, she was a family medicine doc. She was quite a few years older than me, but she was talking about this thing called coaching. And I was like, you know what? I don't care if it's going to make me feel be better. Hashtag take my money. Yeah. And that was my first experience into what professional life coaching was. Yeah. Um, and my journey through that, it was absolutely remarkable. Coaching saved my life. It saved my medical practice. It saved my marriage. And so, you know, once I got into it, I looked around and I was like, where's all the other like young physician mom coaches here? Because like, we need this shit. We needed this shit 10 years ago. Yeah. And so that's what I exactly became in 2015. And the rest is curtains. I love it. Love, love, love your story. It's amazing. And I think, like you said, it is so important that women have a community, women have other women to talk to. Um, but like you said, coaching saved your life, saved your marriage, and it saved my life. And I know for a fact, 1000% that the work we're doing with other women is saving their lives too. Because when you're a woman, I think specifically, you get lost in doing everything for everyone else, right? Being a parent, taking care of the house, doing all the things as a woman, and taking care of yourself always seems to be one of those things that you have to put on the back burner always. And then you get into this life of being in business while also being a mom. And then it's people are like, oh, well, you're selfish. I get that one all the time. My grandma, like she shames me because I don't, you know, spend every waking moment with my child. and. So I'm really glad that we're having this conversation today. Absolutely. Because I just want to put a voice out there. Like we were conditioned yep. to fall into that role and I'm an outlier. I'll be perfectly Same. honest. I, <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't commit my life to medicine. I didn't commit my life to motherhood. I didn't commit my life to entrepreneurship um, just to play it small. And yeah. just to, you know, stay, to stay quiet and to stay in my corner. And that goes a hundred percent against, um, 
against conditioning. Like that's not, when I was a little girl, I always got in trouble all the time for being sassy. And you know what? If you look everywhere at my marketing and what I talk about, I talk about Aaron Sass all the time because I realize the things for which I got in trouble for are actually my superpowers. And now leveraging and using them now in a constructive and positive way, it's what makes me tick. Yeah, we, I already know, like we are going to be best friends. (laughs) This is exactly what I used to get in trouble for, talking too much and uh, yeah, not being quiet. And that has allowed me to be successful is to not be quiet and not fall into social norms. And that's why I have breadwinner energy company, like being a breadwinner as a female, my own family is like uncomfortable with that. They're like, how does that make your husband feel? And I'm like, mm-hmm. it probably makes him feel really fucking happy that we're successful as a team. <laughs> Absolutely. Mr. Wiseman, you know, from the very beginning in our relationship, it was kind of always going to be, I was going to be the breadwinner as the physician. He's actually trained as a teacher. And like I said, he farms with his family and farmers don't make no money. I don't care what anybody says. And, um, and so, yeah, there, we got a lot of questions early on in our relationship and then later in our marriage about like, about that, you know, what is, what does Mr. Wiseman think about that? And I'm like, first of all, it's not your opinion to know what he thinks about it. And secondly, you know, it's ours to figure out. And third, who gives a shit, you know, are things taken care of? Are we living our life? A funny story is my oldest, um, you know, mom being a doctor and he did rounds with me and, you know, all the things that you do when you're crazy training in medicine. And I remember the first time he kind of like came into awareness and realized that his doctor was a boy. And he asked me, he was like, mom, boys can be doctors. And I'm like, absolutely they can be. But his norm was a female as a doctor. I love that. How freaking cool. Because in society, they think it's a man should be a doctor or is a doctor and women are, are nurses or whatever. So how cool is that? Mm-hmm. Look at you. So I want to know, you know, your why. Of course, everyone's why is so important to why we keep going, why we do what we do. But I would love to know, I mean, obviously burnout was what made you transition into coaching is what I'm hearing. But why do you do what you do today? Like what keeps you going? You know, initially I went into medicine because I wanted to help people. And the only way that I thought I could do that is by, like I said, becoming a doctor. Mm -hmm. And when I went through a whole identity crisis of like, if I give up medicine, who am I? I had to really sit with like, why was I put on this earth? And, And what am I supposed to do with that? And what I realized is I'm not a doctor. I, I'm not a mom or any of those titles. At my being and my why is I'm a healer. And so I get to heal in the office. I get to heal when I help coach. I get to heal those boo-boos when people fall down outside. And so that's my why. And, and a little bit more specifically around what I do with burnout coaching and trans- transition, it's I don't want any single person, especially another working mom out there, to ever feel as lonely as I did in those dark days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. It's your purpose. You've completely found your purpose on this earth through coaching, through medicine, through being a mom, all the things you have found your life path. Well, and what I encourage people to do is just to to stay curious and stay open. There's yeah. about a hundred thousand different ways that you can help somebody heal. And I think 
especially in like the coaching marketing world, we're always telling people to niche down. And I'm actually the exact opposite. I'm like, open up, like just, just expand that definition and be more wide with it. Because in that way, I know that in the future, not if I ever have to pivot, but when I have to pivot again, that I'm going to have so many opportunities to do that because my why is expansive and it's inclusive instead of exclusive. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I used to be really all about niching down, niche down, niche down, niche down. And now when I think of niching down, I think of how the people I support, how do I identify those people? Well, I identify them by what are they struggling with? What are their fears? What are they afraid of? What are they worried about? What are they struggling with versus like, where do they live? Who are they? How old are they? It's more about what do they need support with and how can I fill that gap? Right. So that kind of leads us into that ideal client. So who specifically do you support? If you are Googling at 1 a.m., <laughs> how do I find a job? If you are trying to figure out how do I, I have this really specific career, how do I get out of it? If you are on LinkedIn, like scrolling, 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 I'm your girl. Yeah. Um, because it's not just about finding another job because no matter where you go, you take yourself, but it's really identifying like what is most important to me and why is it not showing up in my life? What am I spending my time on? And it's causing resentment and making me angry because you're outside of the middle of what your purpose is in life. And so really realigning that I'm not a quick coach. Um, I'm also not a make you stay in a job you hate coach. I just specifically am a burnout and transition coach. And so those are my people. Typically I resonate with, with other professional females. I call them my alpha females, but you know, I coach men as well. And so I just tell people, if you listen to the podcast, if you check out anything else on the website or social and it resonates with you, then you need to have conversation. Love. That's so great. That's so, it's so cool to, to be able, like I said, to fill that gap. So that's what you're doing too. You're, you're coming to these people who have this turmoil or missing piece and you're helping bridge that gap for them. And like you said, it's wherever you go, it's about you. It's about who you are inside and how you're filling your own cup while maybe being at a job or being an entrepreneur or whatever it is. But you've got to fill your own cup or you're going to burn out and it's going to be miserable. Yeah. And I'm trying to normalize the conversation around burnout that it's just not like, oh, you burn out and then you like run away and have your like eat, pray, love journey. <laughs> that, that really, that, I mean, I want to get people before they start heading down the road to burnout, but let's just be honest with the disease that shall not be named and everything that else is going on in the world. Like Mm -hmm. almost everybody who's listening has some component of burnout happening in their life. And so it's really about like, notice it. We've got to like pick up on it so that then you can name it Mm -hmm. so that then you can make those changes both internally and externally to be in a different spot. And so it just, it really is so much about starting that conversation and I think too many times I'm a fixer and I'm like, oh, if I just would work out more, if I would eat better, if I did it, and it's really about when you're a workaholic, you're going to run yourself into burnout. So rest is your active detox and really learning like what true rest is. 1000%. I couldn't agree more. So With that being said, how would one person know, like, it's time to leave their job or current situation? I know you said identifying it first, but 
how does someone know this is, okay, I'm headed down the street of burnout or I'm just having a really bad day or like a shitty week? The first thing that I make any of my clients that work with me is when are you going to take a pause? And I'm not talking about like just like an afternoon off, like literally when are you going to take a break to clear your head and figure out exactly what you said? Is this like a pattern or is this just one shitty week? Mm -hmm. So many times I've had moms contact me when they're on maternity leave and be like, oh my God, not that maternity leave is wonderful, but like it's good to be a normal person to like get out of the grind and kind of clear your head. So I think it's really, really important if you're contemplating leaving your job before you turn in your notice, you need to do some both introspection and you need to be away from the situation so that you can do some clear evaluation. Because I've had people who've actually taken a pause. Um, I say at least 10 days. I feel like that's you need at least that much to, to get away from it all. Um, more is better. But they get away from it. They're like, actually, I do miss it. There's a few things that are driving me nuts. And those things are all changeable. And then there's other people who go for their pause and they come back and they're like, yep, 100% no, this is what I need to do. Yeah. But without that, I feel like if you're just making decisions out of a place of toxicity and anger, then you may not be actually making the most rational choice. So that would be my yeah. first advice is um, and not taking a pause and then like painting your whole house or cleaning out all the the closets, like actually sitting with yourself and your feelings and emotions and thoughts. Mm -hmm. Journaling is a great thing to do. Working, finding a coach you can work with, reading, meditating, like literally shutting down so that you can look internally and ask the questions of like, at this point with who I am, what do I really want with my life? Yeah. And with our business, we teach how to build a business based on future you. You have to know who you want to be in the future to be able to build a business now to get to that place, right? But first, you have to internally look and take that time to determine who do I even want to be? How much money do I want to make? Where do I want to live? What does my life actually look like? And it's interesting you say this because I just had a conversation with a client today and she is feeling that turmoil of, I hate where I live. I hate my nine to five. I hate this, hate that, hate this. And then she's trying to band-aid it all with like jumping to a new house or jumping into a mortgage or yeah, jumping into just leaving that nine to five. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Let's take a pause because I think you're trying, like you said, you're trying to run either from something or you're trying to get a, a quick high and that quick high will then fade and you're still going to have that internal internal turmoil because you're not looking in at those feelings. You're not really taking a look at what am I feeling inside and then making rational decisions. You're just taking everything on emotion of I feel shitty today and this week. How can I replace it with a quick high? Is that kind of what you're feeling or saying? Yeah, kind of like that because um... – it's harder work to sit and be like, why do I feel so shitty? What is bubbling up in me and triggering me? Then, because I'm telling you, I am an honest to God type A workaholic. Work is my drug. Yep. And when I work, then I don't have to deal with everything else. And plus it's glorified. Let's be perfectly honest. In the capitalized system, yep. um, work is, you know, your productivity is your worth. Um, 
really recognizing that because that's what that client is doing. She's just moving to the next thing to distract herself from what's really going on underneath. And so one question I would ask her as I, if I was you're sitting on your shoulder in that conversation is give me the breakdown. How, what percentage of this is you running away and what percentage of it is you running toward? Mm-hmm. And then there's no right answer, but are you okay with that ratio? Yeah. And so really, because it's all a component, both of those are a component. It's never a hundred percent and zero. There's always a breakdown, but if you're not okay with your ratio that that comes down to, then it's definitely time to sit back and look at it. So I see people in kind of three different areas as they're thinking about making a transition. You know, you're working, 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 and typically something happens or numerous something happens when you're just like, fuck it, not this. Then the next phase is like, well, then what? Mm -hmm. And that's where I think one is the having that initial recognition of like, not this. But then the real hard work and the bulk of it is in the then what? Mm-hmm. And then the third phase is get your ass moving. And yep. that's both externally and internal changes as far as with that. And so, you know, I bet people who are sitting here listening, I would just say, like, what kind of phase of change are you in right now? And is there a place where you need to pause and reflect and make sure that you've moved through all of those phases? Yeah. And that's very interesting you say that because so many times in entrepreneurship, I've said like, fuck this shit. Like I can't do this. It's, I am not cut out for this. But then it's like, okay, but then what? Like if I quit, I've got to go back to nine to five. I've got to go back to corporate. I've got to leave my daughter and not be home with her. I don't have that same freedom. And it's like, there's give and take with everything. Is it worth giving? Is this hard? Yes. But would be going back to corporate and leaving this life I built, this freedom and my daughter, is that harder? 100%. So you've got to pick and like you said, take action on that. So for me, I had to take a break and reflect. And I, I'm very much type A, like you, hustle, 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 go. Work is my drug and my addiction too. And I've got to learn how to balance taking a break. Otherwise, I will burn out. And it won't matter if I burn out here or I burn out in a corporate job. I'm going to do it regardless. So I might as well do it in my job, in my business that I can actually control that time off. So I I. I'm so like, I have chills down my arms right now. This conversation is, it's so good. And I want to know, what do you think would be the most important lesson you've learned over your career? Well, since I've had multiple careers, I guess I get to have multiple (laughs) lessons. All right. Yes. So with medicine, I would say the biggest lesson is you get to make your own path. Like, Medicine is so regimented, like you go to med school, then you go to residency, and then you do fellowship, or you get out and you do, and then you do the thing all the way through. And it seems like very railroad tracks, but in reality, it's like walking on a trail out in the middle of the wilderness. Like you get to pick if you want to go to the stream or go look at this pretty tree or go down the hill instead of up the hill. And so I think that's the big biggest lesson for me is like, you get to pick your own path. And just like I mentioned at the top of our conversation, like there is no finish. It's always the next best step to continue your journey. So keep picking your path. And then I would say the, the lesson that I've learned most with entrepreneurship is you can be both. Um, you know, for a while I was definitely doing all in medicine. And then I did all in entrepreneurship. And now I live a hybrid life. And my daughter, the other day, she asked me, she was like, are you a doctor today, mommy? Or are you a businesswoman? 
And, and just displaying to my children, like you can be both and you can be good enough at all the different roles and you can show up in whatever percentages that you want to. And that is absolutely fucking fine. Yeah. I hear it all the time. You can be a good business owner and you can be a good mom. It is not one or the other. And I used to think it was one or the other. I used to live like, well, if I'm focusing on my business today, I'm not focusing on my child and vice versa. But like you said, you can be both. There is, there's no one or the other. So. And I think it's remembering too, that like, it's okay to have off days. It's okay to feed your kids pop tarts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like not every day, please don't do that. But like, it's okay to, to not hold the ball up and kill it every single day and to let yourself off the hook and to be like, you know what, today we are just going to stay in pajamas all day. Mm-hmm. And, and when the should storm kicks up and we start shooting all over ourselves, like I should do the laundry and I should be downstairs recording a podcast or, and I should be doing patient notes or whatever, just identifying that and being like, who says, who says I should be doing this yes. and being like, it's okay. And just, I think again, like reminding ourselves that, we're not totally screwing up our kids that with the decisions we make, they're going to get screwed up no matter what, because this life is what it is. We're doing the best that we can. And as long as you are taking that next best step, always that you're thinking about it. And that includes rest and relaxation. It's a basic human need. We all absolutely need it. Mm -hmm. Um, That you're doing the best you can mama. And that is a okay. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I've, I've had that struggle too. And I'm now learning in my type A personality that it's more important to take that break and get it done later or schedule it or outsource it than it is to run yourself to the ground. Because when you run yourself to the ground, you can't be a good business owner or a good parent or anything else because you're running on E. Um, And I used to run my life like that. And it wasn't until this last year that I, I do take more breaks. I do take more time away and I've been more successful. And I'm like, how does that work? That's awesome. (laughs) Well, and the thing is to know about yourself, like you're always going to have a propensity for burnout, just like I'm always going to have a propensity for burnout. So it's so important to be like, okay, I acknowledge that about myself. My superpower is I could work most people under the table. And that is great until it becomes my kryptonite. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important to have those like red flags in your life so that you know like, oh, this getting a little pathologic. This is not so good. So like for me, when my house looks like a bomb has gone off in it, when kids are like scavenging in the um, pantry because there's no food, when my hot tub hasn't been maintenanced or I haven't been in it, when I've not been out, gotten out to take a hike in about a week or so, those are all red flags for me. Like, what are you doing, Erin? Like yeah. maybe like something's going on that's just temporary, but it's time to to look around and say like, are you got your nose to the grindstone and you're working, working, working? Um, So I think it's really important for everybody to have those red flags that they know, like when it's a healthy amount of work and when it's becoming overwork and addiction. Yeah. So tell, I guess with that being said, how do you navigate it all? How do you navigate being a mom, being a doctor, being a business owner? How do you do the juggling act? What's, what's your magic? I'm not going to say I have it perfectly right because it's still always dynamic and I'm always figuring it out. Um, You know, like I said, I do have that propensity for burnout. So I know that. I can do a lot of things. It's whether or not it's sustainable or not. Mm -hmm. So for me, first and foremost, sleep is huge. 
Um, I know that if I'm not getting good, adequate sleep every single night, then I am not going to show up in my best self. So it's really having our sleep patterns down. My kids, finally, we got my youngest one into kindergarten now. So everybody somewhat sleeps well, but sleep training was big for them, but it was also big for me because there was a time when I would put them to bed and I was like, yes, finally, it's my time. And I would like read my book and like binge on Netflix or like, you know, do all the things that we were trying to like shove into those few hours. And what I realized is like, no, like the best thing you can go and do is take a hot shower and go to bed and sleep and then do those activities during the day. If they are important to you and they are, do those things during the day. Don't shove them in at the end of the night because then it's just going to start this downward spiral of badness. So sleep is super important for me. Um, having my different teams. So I have my business team, I have my medical team, and I have my home team. <laughs> and without all of those people, and it's a lot of people, um, there's no way to to keep this boat floating because I no longer can do all the things. Because what that leads to me is not just frustration and, and exhaustion, huge amount of resentment. Yeah. And I would say for any mom out there who you know, like when you look at your spouse and you're just like, what the fuck, man? Like you got some resentment in your life or you look at your kids and you're like, why do you have to throw the things on the floor? It's like, oh, sister, that's some resentment. They're kids coming up. And so that's one thing I have to really check myself at is, is if I'm feeling like I'm doing all the things, I'm probably doing all the things. And I either need to start using the best sentence there is in the world, which is no, or I need to, like you said, I need to outsource it and I need to get some help. Or we need to evaluate in our life and say, is this important? Is this worth our time? And if it's not, then it needs to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that, And I think that's for every mother in here important to know is that you can and you should ask for help, whether that's from your spouse, a family member you trust hiring that team because I was, and I'm still working on it, that mom that like that overstimulating just noise. It's like, I'm going to crack. And it's like, it's not their fault. Like their children, they're going to make noise. This is their home, their space to play and make noise. And I should not shut that down because I'm overstimulated. And that was when I was like, you know what? I've got to ask for help. And me and my husband have two parenting rules that we really stick to. And it's tapping each other in when the other person cannot handle it mentally. And the other person needs to be the calm person and tap in. And the other person needs to tap out. And um, if it's not going to matter in five minutes, five weeks, five months, stop giving your fuck bucks away. Like every day you get a hundred fuck bucks to give. And if you burned all your fuck bucks on caring about, you know, your child throwing shit on the floor or making a mess or spilling milk or whatever, at noon, you're out of fuck bucks, you're tapped, you're mentally exhausted, and you've given all of your energy away to things that don't really matter. And so I think, like you said, having a team, having people that support you, who can help you because it takes a village, whether that is a business, a job, kids, whatever, takes a team. And I want to put in there, you know, I talked about taking a pause from your job. I really think it's also important to take a pause from motherhood. So once a year, I go and it's either a solo trip or a girl's trip where I take no no children, I take no spouse, um, and I go away. Mm-hmm. And that that helps rejuvenate and it helps like foster those relationships and it also helps me to reconnect with myself as well when I'm not 
brushing teeth and wiping butts and making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And so I really encourage, I mean, I know we're finally getting back into travel, but I've even done where I've gotten an Airbnb like 30 minutes away and just went and stayed for about three days. Um, But I think that's really important. If you feel like you're on the edge with your motherhood, just like you're on the edge with your job, take a pause, get away, clear your head, um, take a walk out in nature, reconnect with the things that are most important with you and most importantly, breathe. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me, this is not one of our questions, but I am interested. Where do you go? Like, where's your, where's your trips? Where's your hideouts? Uh, Indiana's beautiful. So we have so many like national or, um, state forest that I love to go. I'm a hiker. I used to run, but I blew out my joints. So now I'm a hiker. Um, but I love to go some local places around here. Uh, last year I went out to Utah and New Mexico. I took two trips last year. I need a little extra with COVID. (laughs) This, This next year coming up, um, in the spring, I'll be down in San Antonio doing a speaking event, but then the week after we're doing a girl's trip as well. And so, um, I like, I need warmth and I need water. Those are my two, two requirements whenever we go anywhere. And, um, yeah, like, and that's another thing, you you know, my my husband's not a big traveler. He's not really interested. He doesn't even have a passport and he probably never will. But that's one thing that we've worked out in our marriage is like, no, it's okay. It's okay for you to go. I used to have like mom guilt around it. that, And then that's when the resentment built because I was like, well, he's never going to go with me. But we've come to an understanding in our relationship. Like it's, but youth can still go go be do this experience. He doesn't feel left out. I feel energized and renewed and we come back better. Yeah. I love that. Well, my uh, next trip, fingers crossed, you know, with everything going on in the world, but is Florida because I need also warmth and water <laughs> in my life. I need, I need that. We haven't done a vacation for years. Like I haven't, my last vacation was New York, like four or five years ago. Which is crazy yeah. that I haven't taken a break in that long. So and so and so that's where I really encourage you. Like you maybe need to consider like a small staycation just a little bit closer, even if it's just a three day weekend or um, you know, something like that. It it is really, really important this time that we take that time to rejuvenate, that we turn our laptops and our cell phones off. Um, because if mom ain't happy, nobody's happy. Oh yeah. And so it's <laughs> so important to to get that done. And I'm a true Scorpio. So I definitely must have some kind of water around me, whether it's a hot tub or a lake or an ocean. Yeah. Okay. Scorpio, is that earth sign? Water. That is a water sign. Okay. My husband's Aquarius. I'm a Taurus and he's not a water person. I'm very much a water person. So that's very interesting that you say that. Mm -hmm. So what is one piece of advice that you would give women in the online business space? Just because you're not selling your product or your service doesn't mean that your voice isn't worthy to be out there. Oh, that's good. That's really good. No one's ever said that one before. I went a lot of years talking about burnout, talking to my physician colleagues, and maybe getting one or two clients at a time. Mm -hmm. And it can get, I mean, you're putting your heart and soul into what you're doing. I see this over and over and over again in fellow female entrepreneurs and I just remind you that your your balance sheet does not equal the worth that you're putting out there. Yes. And so to continue to write, now money is important. Believe me, you got to keep the lights on. You got to keep the mouths fed. 
And, and that's okay if you do need to get a nine to five or you need to pick up a part-time job while you're, you're getting your heart business growing. Hell, I'm still in medicine and it's okay. Yeah. But that you don't, you don't base your worth. You don't base your successfulness on the numbers, I think is huge. Yeah. And too, like what's successful to you? Cause like your success and mine are going to be very different. Cause we live very different lives. So what might be successful to you might not be to me or might be way more than what is to me. And it doesn't really matter. Right. It's about what is successful to you and how do you achieve that without burning out? <laughs> Well, and I'll be perfectly honest. When I started my coaching business back in 2015, success for me was replacing my doctor's income. Well, that's a couple six figures, to be perfectly honest, if I worked full time as a doctor. Mm -hmm. What I realized, though, if I was going to have to hustle my ass off to do that, I didn't want that kind of business. And so now success to me means coming on and talking to you on a podcast on a Tuesday afternoon launching and doing my own podcast, having conversations with other female physicians and other mamas on Sundays. And you know what? It's good enough. It is good enough. And that is successful moving forward. So I guess the other thing advice would be is like, allow yourself permission to change Mm -hmm. that. I did not realize how much having a child I, to me, it was just on the checklist, med school check, residency check, marriage check, child check, child 2.0 check, child 3.0 check, house, minivan, you know, and I didn't allow myself to say, wow, life is dramatically different now. And the woman who decided she was going to be a doctor at 18, now at 38 and 42 is a totally different creature. And that's okay. That's good. That's really good because I... I knew I would change with motherhood, but I didn't understand what that change would look like. And now I like love future me way more than like pre-mama me because you grow so much, but you change so much. But I think it's what's important is to allow the change to come and go because it will and you can't. It's going to happen whether you want it to or not. So you can either white knuckle it or you can bless and release. Yeah. Oh man, this episode is so good. So freaking good. I love chatting with you. Tell me what is coming up for you, your business, your life, the next three to six months. What do you got going on? We are going to get through the holidays. I take a two week break. And so that's always fun to just do nothing. Literally, I've just learned and taught myself to do nothing. And I am hoping this year I finally will follow through. We'll see. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, in the spring, I have so I have a couple different podcasts because podcasts are kind of like tattoos. Once you get one, you just keep going. And so, Doctor Me First is my flagship. Um, it's the, the the strong one. It's been going on for several years now. It's it's a lot of fun, and I love doing it. But my newest kid on the block is called Burnt Out to Badass, and so we are launching the next season in the spring. And so I'm excited to continue to have great conversations about people who've been through burnout and what their journey has been and what helped them and what continues to help them and really spotlighting those stories out into the world so that anyone who's going through it can maybe find a similar voice and a similar path. And so with that, then um, later in the summer, I'll be doing a live uh, burnt out to badass course, which is always a lot of fun to do. And I'm just going to do one live course this next year, which is a change for the workaholic in me who did four in the past year. (laughs) So, uh, so I'm excited to see what it's going to feel like, what it's going to look like 
to downregulate and um, and do less, but still have the same amount of joy with it. You know what's interesting is I bet I'm going to put a bet on this that your doing less makes you more. I have. We'll I see. Just, I think it will. You'll have to follow up and let me know. <laughs> I will. I definitely will. So we do a bonus question at the end of every episode. It's something we're notorious for. And so I would love to know if you had to write a book tomorrow, what would you write about? Medicine, burnout, entrepreneurship, what would it be? I've got one started, but it's just a Google Doc and it's random thoughts. But it's, I love that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's titled Work is My Drug. It's a fictional tale about a female physician who um, shows the internal view and what it's really like for a doctor struggling with burnout and how we have to navigate it from what patients don't realize. Oh, my God. You better publish that. I've got to read it. It's going to be good. Yeah, I've got to read that. I have always wanted to write a book. That's where this comes from. I have a library in my office. I I love reading. Um, At one point, this is hilarious, and I've never shared this, but... I worked at Hooters for six years in my early college days, and I was going to write a book about the the creepy, scary, weird stories about working there and what that life was like. And now today, I uh, I don't think I write about that anymore. <laughs> I mean, I could share those stories, but I don't think I've read a book on it. But really interested in your book. I'm going to have to yeah. read that. Yeah. If you want to get a book that's already out there, Dr. Me First on Amazon. It's the workbook I wish I had had. When I was going through burnout, it's all the exercises that's helped me through the last couple of years. So oh, check cool. That out. I will have to check it out for sure. And when you get your book written, I want to be one of the first purchasers. <laughs> Absolutely. You can be a beta reader. Yes. Oh, my God. That'd be so amazing. So thank you again for sharing your story and being on today's episode. It has been amazing to chat with you. But tell the listeners where they can find you. I love Instagram, so come hang out with me at Erin Wiseman or Burnt Out to Badass. You'll also find the real me on LinkedIn, Erin um, Wiseman DO. Perfect. I will have everything linked below in the show notes. Go over to her page, check her out, be on the lookout for her new courses, maybe a new book coming soon. And as always, thank you. Thank you for being here. And thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs>